This week on the show, we're joined by multiple world record holder and admin of Metal Gear Speedrunners, D-Limes13. Also, if you enjoy the show and want to help support it, make sure to check out our Patreon, where you can get episodes early, give topic suggestions, get merch discounts, and listen into our uncut recordings live. Speaking of merch, make sure to check out Series 1 of the Kojima Frequency Gear, available now on Redbubble. I think we're trying to, like, wake up Apache. That doesn't surprise me. Dude, he was, like, he was just gunning in Final Fantasy. Like, I made him, like, gear up to, like, I don't know, level 15 to give him sort of like a good start, you know? Mm-hmm. And I get online in the morning and like he's already out leveled the gear that I've crafted for him. Jeez. And then he's like, Chelsea, I'm going to play this game until recording and then I'm going to record with you guys and then I'm going to play some more. <laughs> but then he just like fell apart, I guess. Yo, it's Apache Smash. Hey everyone, this is Days Ahead. And I'm Nitroid. You're listening to the Kojima Frequency. That's what he does. Like, once he gets on something, he's just obsessed and just will not stop. That does seem like how he kind of approaches games. It's like he, he plays the shit out of a game and then you know then it's like then he kind of will get bored with it and then move on to the next one but hadn't gotten bored of snake eater that's for sure i mean that's kind of how i am i mean i yeah. once i once i get on something i grind and grind and grind but the thing is i don't stop like i don't get bored of it is the difference and yeah. i only play a couple of games mm-hmm. I'm I'm kind of the complete opposite. Like I, there's been a few games that I've played a lot, and and Metal Gear is definitely one of the ones that I've you know done multiple playthroughs. But I'm more like out here trying to like play every game a little bit, you know. <laughs> like I'm like trying to like see what all is out there and uh, just play through stuff, just enough to like you know at least be familiar with it, kind of. Yeah, I I just don't have the time for it personally. Just I'm I mean I'm a small business owner, so that wraps up a lot of my time. Gotcha. And then I have I'm getting married this year, and just regular life stuff just takes up a lot of my time. So everything else is just speed running, and that's pretty much it. I don't have time to check out all the latest games, and frankly, I'm not really even all that interested. I like older titles and whatnot. Yeah, you're definitely hitting on something there. These newer titles aren't doing it for me that much and mm-hmm. unless they're like just indie platformers or something yeah so okay, that's don't... weird oh no. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead <laughs> i'll never be able to ask this question i will die never knowing what business d limes owns i own a computer repair company so we repair sell fix computers it support all that fun stuff um yeah i've been doing that for nearly 10 years nice. oh damn I, I respect the IT game as mm. I, I used to be part of it, but no, nothing like starting your own business that, I mean, that's pretty cool, especially nowadays. Yeah. Um, I mean, computer repair companies like mine, when it's a small business and whatnot in a smaller ish town, um, it's a dying breed for sure. Uh, there's not a lot of them left, but I'm in a nice community with intelligent older people, which helps. And um, I'm just fortunate. Word of mouth. I barely have to advertise. Word of mouth just does my job for me. 
That's excellent. You have like it's it, and it's. I feel like it's good to have that sort of dedicated, loyal customer base than having to, you know, try to navigate through sort of a new, a new frontier. I don't. But then again, I don't own a business. I'm one of those corp corpo people. Mm-hmm. How uh, how in depth do you go with your repairs? Are you doing like board level repairs or? No, just- I'm not doing like micro soldering or anything like that. Or say like the the likes of a Lewis Rossman or something like that. Right, that's like, what I was gonna. No, was no gonna, way. Yeah, bring um, it up. Yeah, it, it, it's it's pretty basic stuff. Your entry level uh, virus removal OS install replaces the hard drive, whatever. Just your basic residential stuff for the most part. Gotcha. We do cater to commercial for like server installs, networking, troubleshooting, and whatnot. And I got a guy who handles most of that, but it, it's mostly the the crap that most don't want to deal with and we sell a lot of used equipment which nobody does and i capitalize on oh man i'd actually kind of be interested in a shop that sell like new and used components it, I, I like i would rather have that ability to to see the to see when i build a pc to, to get the stuff in the box there than than to hope that the vendor comes through online so i, I miss yeah. that experience for sure for sure yeah getting it instantly getting it Right then and there, you can feel it, touch it, ask questions to a human or not. Some chatbot or whatever is, is nice. Um, have you guys, dumb question, but have you guys run into any, like, <clears throat> 30 series RTXs, per chance? <laughs> I really wish. And if I do get one, I'm taking it for myself first. So, <laughs> Video cards are a myth. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I'm still rocking a 2080. Um, which I only I got for 125 bucks, which was a damn good deal. You're beating me. I've got a 1650 super. I uh, I I got a bonus, and I bought like like right for the pandemic. I got a bonus, and I was like, well, I'm you know nobody ever does SLI anymore, and I got these two 970s, so I upgraded mm. to a 2060 super that was on sale. And the pandemic happened. The chip shortage happened. Now I have this weird like survivor's guilt. About it all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I kind of relate to that. I, I've told you both before, uh, but I, I had a similar situation where I built my wife and I uh, identical PCs, and the parts we used were already a couple of generations old. Uh, and again, this was right before the pandemic. And I put about $600 uh, into each build individually. And if I wanted to build those same machines today, with the exact same parts. Again, now that they're even older, it would cost 1200 each. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I got a 2070 Super, like, I think, like, the Christmas before shit went down, so, yeah. Yeah, you guys and your powerful video cards, get out of here. <laughs> I can run Metal Gear Solid 4 now. This is great. <laughs> yeah, but that's CPU dependent. Yeah, I, oh, I got a good CPU, too. So. Yeah, shut up. <laughs> shut up, you... you People with your good CPUs get out. Ryzen 7 3700X, 8 core. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So I like, I've seen you guys in the the group chat, like discussing (laughs) emulating MGS4. And then I like, I actually have an MGO chat on the other end that's like, oh my God, you know, we need to, everybody needs to get on MGO2 on PC. So it seems like there's a lot of like noise there. Did something happen? It's just getting more and more stable by the day. Sorry, D-Limes, go ahead. You probably have a little more insight into this than I do. Not really. No, no, you're fine. <laughs> no, I'm just so. excited. That's like, emulation is one of those things I kind of like, I'll check out for a while and then I'll like peek back in like, all right, how y'all doing on things? And just like, 
I don't know, this, this is something I'm not super familiar with, just like PS3 emulation, but it's at the point now where you can pretty much watch like a 15-minute YouTube video, download the couple of things that you need to download, and, you know, just run it, and you're, yeah. you're pretty good. You know, just, they, they have you set up, so if you've got a decent machine, it's uh, it can be frustrating. Like, you definitely will probably get a lot of freezes. Like, I was getting freezes for a while trying to do a certain build, and then I realized I didn't, like, activate a patch, and... You know, it's, yeah, it's, it's not, it's not your, this isn't your like ZSNES days where it's like load. Okay. We're good. Like you, you kind of do have to mess around with a lot of the video settings and how it's being processed and get a certain build of the emulator. Uh, yeah. It's pretty complicated to, to get, wrap your head around all the options that, that RPCS3 has, but it's crazy how it is quickly becoming the ideal way to play MGS4. Yeah. Um, it's not there yet there's still some some bugs and it still sort of requires you to have a fairly high-end computer to run it well and and there's still slowdown i mean even with your cpu uh you were telling me you got to the the shootout in act one Mm -hmm. um and it it just it drops hard there i mean that's probably you know any major shootouts where it's going to drop hard but yeah, that's an entire ass battle being processed. Yeah. So I get it, you know. <laughs> it's only a matter of time though, I'm telling you. I mean, with with MGO2, that was already sort of a stripped down version of MGS4 in a lot of ways. Yeah. So, yeah, that was running really smooth. Uh cuz they had to get all those players in. Yeah. So like emulated it runs great. Yeah, for a while I was definitely just getting to like the first playable section and then it would just freeze and then, you know, so once I got past that and just things figured out, I was I was running around, you know. But I think, like you said, that first act just has a lot of parts to it that it will not run at 60 frames per second. Like, that's just not going to happen. But we'll get there probably. Who knows? The the last time I touched RPCS3 was probably close to two years ago at this point. But I've heard a lot of great things. I'm sure I could run it on my 9900K, but I just... I just haven't really cared all that much. Yeah, I... God, I really need to set that up. I, I like I'm not going to bring this up again, but 14 is getting in my way. But I, I really do want to see what MGO, at least what MGO2 looks like. And um, not when it's a PowerPoint. So, right. That was literally the first time I played MGO2. I was sitting there just like, holy shit, I'm finally playing this game. So, so you did get into MGO2 finally? Isn't it weird? Mm-hmm. What do you think? I mean, I, I, I haven't had anybody really to play with yet, so I haven't you know, gotten in there, but I did some training and just kind of ran around and, you know, there's been a couple people that have offered to do uh, some stuff, but just haven't linked up yet. It's a good time, man. Uh, yeah. If, if you can find, which I think we can, if you can find just like a group of folks to like put together like a, a lot private lobby, it's, it's really good times. Mm-hmm. Even, even with the, even if the, the skill discrepancy is, is a, is a far range, yeah. which, which happens a lot in MGO too. Oh yeah. yeah. MGS4 I mean, does not feel like something where I'm like, yeah, what if this were like a competitive shooter though? <laughs> like, I'm like, uh, like I don't know, the, the gunplay in that game has always felt awkward to me. Yeah, it's very rigid. Yeah. Um but the recoil is goddamn ridiculous. Like <laughs> Yeah, but that's not the appeal of MGO2. The appeal of MGO2 is the insane amount of variety because no two games are going to be the same. There are I, we I mean again, we've talked about it before, but like there are so many ridiculous little hidden subsystems all interplaying with one another that you almost never know how a game's going to go even if you're playing the exact same match 
Oh yeah, I was intimidated just by like the different like skills and stuff you get at equip. I was like, okay, I don't know which of these things is actually good. Like if being, you know, handy with or efficient with assault rifles or pistols is a good thing. Like, or if I need this other little like magazine power up, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, figure figure out how you want to play. Ignore the meta and do what you want. I yeah. mean, the game's pretty much populated by ninety nine percent you know, people who live and breathe MGO. So they're going to kick your ass anyway. So just have fun with it. Yeah. Was it CQC plus? Does that matter? Um, God, <laughs> there used to be, this used to be a punchline with MGO too, is that there were certain skills that were banned from a lot of rooms. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you would have the names of the rooms set up, like don't use this, don't use this, don't use this. If you do, I kick or end game. Um, because there's not really any, um, ho- okay. Hosts in MGO two don't have a lot of control. There's like a voting system. If you want to like change certain things or kick someone out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the only control they really have is to end the game. Gotcha. Um, which really sucks if you're in something and you know, the host is, is whining about something. Taking his but, ball and going home. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So like CQC plus, um, I think is what it was called is basically like a counter where mm-hmm. anybody with a CQC level lower than you will automatically get countered and thrown to the ground. If you try to um, CQC them. Yeah. Or, oh, or if that. you try to CQC them. <laughs> no, 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 no. If they CQC you and you have plus and they don't, they will get their CQC automatically countered and they will get thrown to the ground. And if their levels low enough, they'll get knocked out instantly. Okay. Likewise, well, that's if just you like have real plus, life, I guess. You just like never know if the guy next to you is a black belt. And, you exactly. Know, yeah. You, it's like and reversed. And and the trade off here is that you only have like four slots that you can use. Yeah. And this takes up all four. OK, yeah, I do remember seeing that like certain ones are worth different points and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it seems like a fun game man. like really deep and complex, like, you know, just complex uh, systems going on. And like you said, a lot of those systems going on. So. A lot of variety. Yeah. But they, but you know, a lot of the players felt like stuff was unbalanced. So like if you have the knife and you're slitting people's throats to, to kill them instantly, stuff like that, you know, they would just throw a fit about it. Yeah. That's any game. There's that one thing that pisses everybody off. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, I mean, it, I feel like pathetic because from my understanding, like you're currently at the top of two like both MGS one and two at this moment, which you would uh, put on the notes. You would never admit, but it's true. I guess. Yeah. I mean, I, I have pretty much all the records in both all like all the main ones, but um, I still think there are people out there that can be better than me or I can be better or what have you. I, I like, I don't like to say, Oh, I'm the best and, and just have a big ego or whatever, but I don't know. I have a I question just, for you. Yeah. From from a time management point of view, how the hell do you run a business and do speed running? I mean, I'm working full time. I've got two kids. Like, I can barely keep up with the damn podcast. How are you doing that? Well, I don't have kids. So that's a plus yet. <laughs> that, that may change in a few years. We'll see. But when you're your own boss, it's pretty damn easy because I can play at work. Um, it's mostly a one-man show for the computer repair business, but I have a couple part-time employees, but they're not in all that often. So 
if it's slow or I'm waiting on stuff to happen, I can open a game. I can open notes, watch videos. I can hang out in Discord. Like it's, I, I just, I do a lot of it at work. Honestly, a lot of my training at work. Man, I'm so in I, the wrong field. <laughs> Dude, that, that's, that's what it's like to be on call is like when shit's going well and sorry, again, reminiscing on IT days, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Do you have like a CRT or do you, do you rock the L- LCD? No, I, 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 have a, I have an LCD. I can't like I, CRT is nice and all, but I don't, they take up way too much space and I see enough of them from recycling and stuff. Like I just, I don't want one. I don't care that much. <laughs> gotcha. I don't even know if I want to entertain this one, this one about Troy Baker. The worst revolver ocelot selling NFTs. So I did follow up and listen to a podcast that he did with uh, Alana Pierce and, and they did kind of dig into him and ask him like, what the fuck? And he was trying to do something with like voice acting and building pretty much like a sample library for voice actors where like if you're an indie developer and you want to have Troy Baker's voice in your game, you can use this like almost like a VST like like I use for like my uh, my music plugins and stuff. It's like the sample library of of sounds. For them, it was like this engine where it would be a voice actor, kind of just like, you know, like uh, text-to-speech, pretty much. So it'll be like that bit in The Simpsons where Homer meets uh, the voice of Roadrunner. And she, she's like, yeah, I did one meet me. I did two meet me. And they just took that recording. Yeah. So it's going to be that. And apparently that's supposed, to be, yeah, that's supposed to be good for voice actors. Yeah. Okay, but why NFTs? Because that's the literally the worst way you could do it. <sighs> well, that's I'm not trying to like stand up for him, but I'm saying like I did watch the thing just to hear him out. And he said that is like, he was like, that was the least of it that mattered to him. He's really about like trying to provide something to you know, but, to no, this like, game making sphere even that, if that you, with like a voice actor, uh, you know, can do with like tech and stuff. He's always trying to like look into the new stuff that's coming out. So, I mean, even if you angle it at a not NFT thing, it kind of sounds like Troy Baker is promoting technology to steal jobs from like lesser fame, not as famous voice actors, because it sounds like <laughs> instead of, you know, the ecosystem sort of working itself out where indie game developers can work with indie voice actors and sort of build themselves up. Yeah. They can just totally kill that, that low, I don't want to say lower. That's such a terrible term. They can kill like, you know, some of the lesser known voice actors and just go for like a robo just to have the name. Yeah. I get what you're saying. Yeah. But like still hiring, even someone that's at that mid level, like that's going to take, you know, a couple, you know, or whatever the hours is at their rate, you know, so that's, I, I get, basically what they ended up saying was like, the people that are going to use this thing can't afford to hire actual talent anyway. So this is kind so, of like a, a sample library. Like, like I, for me, I can't hire an actual orchestra or symphony to play my horn parts. So I install this little VST thing, which is just like a virtual instrument that is a brass section and then play it on my thing. Does it sound like an actual horn section? Not really. And you can tell, but, you know, at, at my level, that's what I'm using. So I guess they're trying to find this thing where it's like, hey, with COVID going on and all this stuff with people coming in and recording, and, you know, you can do a lot of recording remote if you've got the right setup. 
you know, th there are these companies that are looking for this as a solution. Like, hey, how do we get this robotext to just spit out these thousands of lines where it would take someone days to record this? So how do you credit it then if you've got like Troy Baker bot on your on your game or whatever? It's like starring Troy Baker, kind of. Yeah, AI you know? kernel. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but even then, is it like, is are they doing some sort of Vocaloid thing or is it just like you said, a sample library of pre-baked lines? Because that's only going to take you so far. You know, I don't think it's like pre-baked lines. I think it's like an engine pretty much that can, you know, when you put when you put something in, it can generate whatever you need it to. Oh, geez. So it's like one of those AI voice generators. Those and things that's where are... they got in trouble was that, that, that I think it was the, what was it, 15ai.com? Or is, was that, is that the site? They're, yeah, they were using the same sort of back end or something yeah. from that. Okay, so you no, know that's what? That's not cool. That's, you know, that's stealing code or whatever, unless it's open source. Like, that's like, hey, you're stealing my thing here. Yeah, Which are you going to? <laughs> we've even fucked around with that site where they had like the AI kernel voice and stuff. And was, yeah. But even if that's what they're doing, I mean, there are so many of these algorithms that are running now, and even the best ones don't sound good. So I can't. And, and I, I, I think know. I think well, uh, you know, you're. I think you're looking at it in terms of like having a like a conversation. I'm thinking of it now in terms of like another version of the Wellheim scream, where it's uh, like yeah. you get like. Yeah. It's this like, overused asset where everybody's got the thing. Yeah. <laughs> this I was trying like, to look at it more like glass half full, but yes, that too. Can I just <laughs> say as an artist, this is a creative nightmare for me because it's just, it feels like a further evolution of the phenomenon of using like dead actors, but then now they're CG, which mm, I hate. I, yeah. I hate that it, from the depths of my soul. I hate it. And now we've got this and the thought that it's, you know, it's not just going to be this little curiosity that people can screw around with and laugh at. Like, no, this is going to be a serious tool that serious creators use. Like, yeah. that makes me sick to my stomach. Mm -hmm. Like that meta humans, all of this stuff where it's like we're going to try and give you this pre-generated high quality stuff that you're going to be able to use to make your own quasi triple A games like I, it's the death of creativity. It's just homogenizing art, and I just hate it so much. <laughs> yeah. Rant over. It, yeah. <laughs> and that's where, like, one of the hosts on that show actually was like, look, man, if you want to help out, like, you know, game devs and stuff, like, with voice acting stuff, and you want to do this, like, we can develop something like this without the NFT side of it. Like, just let me, like, you know, they, yeah. they, did, they did all try to, like, sway him away. They're like, look, you've been talked into this from from some angle, from some other company, you know, that, yeah. And that's, they even sent him that picture. They're like, Hey, if you want to use this picture, you know, like that was, he said that was like one of the big mistakes was him throwing that picture on there. Hey, I've got a suggestion and it's a suggestion that's been around for decades. So if Troy Baker wants to help indies and other voice actors want to, want to provide this service, here's my suggestion. It's called working for scale. That, okay. That's sort of like what I was, that, that's a better term of what I was getting at, I guess. Just do that. God. So you want him to work for these small indie games for cheap? If that's what, I mean, that's what he's doing anyway. If you think about it, at least this way it's honest. I think, I don't know. And it, it felt like more like a tech, like automated thing. I don't where know. He would Look. like set it and forget it. Whereas the, that would be a lot more time consuming. That's, that's what I'm saying. It's like, that's taking his time at that point for a cheap rate. So I suppose, but yeah. Look, I just, I mean, I hate this stuff in principle, you know? 
But it's it's kind of interesting to look at it from like a transactionary perspective from two creatives. There's like one of them that's worried about the homogenizing of creativity and, you know, not like like devs with less of a budget, you know, being able to have a quality product despite their automation. And one another person, another creative is looking at it as like a tool to benefit them from like the general like obstacles and logistics that you have when you build something creative. Yeah. I almost see it as like an accessibility thing or it's like, where somebody's like, fuck, I'm never going to have voice acting in my game. It's like, well, here's this thing that doesn't suck completely. And isn't just like the Apple voice, like, you know, like Texas speech thing. At, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's true. But at the same time, it's like, you know, if, you can't get Troy Baker, then maybe instead of looking at like a crappy imitation, maybe you could support, you know, another voice actor that's sort of on your level that's looking for an opportunity. Yeah. But can't that that's how I'm kind of looking at it. Yeah, I definitely see what you're saying, like supporting the the amateur talent stuff that are trying to get into it. That's mm-hmm. that's the better route than than just putting in this robot that's gonna take her jabs. Yeah, I get it. So D Lines, tell us about speedrunning. <laughs> yeah, sorry we sort of went off there. NFTs have invaded our daily living, so it's just we have to kind of talk about. No, no, it's, it's, it's all Can right. I get a job? You um, keep saying that you're sort of out of the loop with stuff. Can I get right. like I know Active Directory? Can yeah. I get a job <laughs> and get away from everything? Because that would be great. Nah. <laughs> How can NFTs uh, enrich the speed running community? <laughs> How can we incorporate that into the stopwatches that you guys use? <laughs> I have no clue. I have not paid attention much to NFTs or any of that crap or whatever. The the closest thing I do is a little bit of crypto and that's it. But I'm a weeb when it comes to a lot of stuff. Like I, I keep my head down, I do my thing and just that's it. I'm like I said, I'm like a mindless robot. No, a mindless robot would be all in on NFTs. Uh, that's true, I guess. You're you, you're a mindless robot whose automation goes towards good things, I guess. Like you, we know you from like Twitch and stuff like that, but from my mm-hmm. understanding, you kind of started this a little bit farther back, particularly with like the Konami codes that you punch in on the now defunct Konami site. Yeah, like when I when I played particularly. Uh, MGS2 Substance, which has the VR missions bundled with them, um, I would always try to beat those scores that were on the Konami Clear Code website, and I don't, I'm not sure if I ever submitted to them or if the the website was down even at that time. But um, I always played VR a hell of a lot more than I did the main story stuff. If it's MGS1 or MGS2 VR, and uh, I just. I spent hours and hours on that. And I think that's, even though that was such a long time ago, I think that's kind of carried over to why I picked up on speedrunning MGS1 and 2 primarily that I do and got so good at them quickly. It's just the experience from back in the day. It just felt natural. It just, it felt easy. Um, But yeah, I always, I was, I'm a competitive person. I was always comparing myself to those leaderboards and trying to beat all the scores. And now you're in a sort of a place that, not only can you now present, you can present yourself to beat those scores or you can present those scores, uh, but you can present them at a scale that 
get you on Twitch and get you like 100 viewers, apparently. You just crack that number. Yeah, I mean, it, I just um, got off my first AGDQ appearance, which went really, really well. And I mean, my Twitch has been... Yeah, congrats, man. That's awesome. Yeah, thanks. Um, and it's been it's been blowing up. I mean, it's been, it's been good stuff. Um, I mean, I started this three and a half years ago, speed running. I didn't even know speed running. was a thing. Twitch was a thing. I mean, I didn't keep up with all the hip mumbo jumbo stuff that the kids do today, <laughs> but like, I never would have thought I would be here doing this kind of stuff three years later. Yeah. I mean, you seem to make, you seem to make quite a lot of progress with this. Um, and admittedly, I just kind of jumped on the bandwagon very recently, but it's, it's really great to see that success. Um, now you said AGDQ, did the Boba skip give you any bumps? Like when that sort of blew up and people were experimenting? Um, a, a little bit. Yeah. Um, a lot of other people capitalized pretty quickly on that. And we had a bunch of people sciencing it out and trying to replicate it. And we had it in runs the same day we had world records broken that day that we Jeez. That, yeah, told that it was a thing. Somebody just came into our discord and said, Hey, do you know what this is? And we just flipped out and within an hour, it was replicated within two hours. We had a consistent step within another hour. The records were being broken, but it affected a lot of people. It boosted a lot of people. And that's probably the reason why I got into GDQ. Yeah, I think it I think it boosted us a little bit as well when we had her on the show a few months ago. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, it sounds like it sounds like it's still I mean, I, I don't speedrun or anything, but it sounds like it's still sort of up in the air in terms of execution. Like it's not not in terms of execution, but up in the air in terms of, you know, even if you execute it correctly, there'll still be an issue. Or well, you'll the, still It's a coin big, flip, isn't it? Yeah, the biggest issue is you're relying on a certain animation. So when you take damage, specifically either getting shot or having a grenade that's not a like a frag grenade blow up in your hand like a chaff or stun grenade, you get one of two animations. One kind of knocks you back a little bit, one knocks you back a lot, and that's random. And we need the animation that knocks you back a lot so it clips the load zone from behind the do- the frozen door. And that it's just it's just RNG. It's literally a 50-50 coin flip. Um, and if it takes multiple tries, you got those guards that are normally chasing you up the tower coming after you. And if they get close to you, that's just, it's going to screw everything up. You're going to take a lot of damage. And if it goes really bad, you're going to die and lose tons of time and be embarrassed. So yeah, from that standpoint, it can be scary more so in a marathon than anything else. But if, if it happens in a speed run, it's just a reset. So I remember reading a while back that there was sort of a, a, a similar, well, not similar, but there was a there was a search underway in MGS2 to look for some sort of major skip, and there was a bounty for it and everything. And this was a while back. Is this is this still something that's being looked for, some sort of major skip? Or, uh, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm spitballing. I might not even know what I'm talking about here. I'm hoping you do. No, no, you're accurate. Like, we're we're still looking for something. We've had small improvements here and there like the most recent one is um, something called the emma zip where you bump emma a certain way and she just disappears off the map entirely (laughs) so then you and then you exit the room re-enter the room she respawns in a different location then that saves a handful of seconds but it's tricky position dependent hard to execute like that's that's not really that great 
to save seven seconds in a room. Um, but yeah, we're still looking for something to blow MGS2 wide open. Uh, we There's still a bounty out for it. I think it's up to $2,000. Holy crap. Um, wow. But yeah, any significant skip, if I had a vote, it would be the sniping section when you escort Emma across the oil fence and whatnot. If we could get rid of that, that would be preferred. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, we, we're still looking. I know there were, there were some clipping, uh, glitches you could do in vanilla MGS2 that got patched out of substance. So, uh, was, was there ever anything like that, that might've led to some sort of a skip early on, but then it just didn't pan out or Um, what's, what's the closest you've got to being able to do something like this? As of recently, not really, because the, the clip in the original Sons of Liberty versions, you can clip through an elevator panel and drop below, and you're basically, instead of swimming it during that section where you're having to go fight Vamp and go get Emma, you just walk on the water, run on the water, basically, and then you get to Vamp's door a hell of a lot quicker. Uh, they patched that out in Substance in the HD version, and we haven't. we've tried to find a way to to replicate that, take damage, do it at different angles, whatever. But we have no success with that. So it, it's a pretty lockdown game when it comes to skips and clips and whatnot. It's kind of, a, I feel like that's sort of a testament to, uh, to the game design, but I don't know. It's also a bit of a, a bit of a frustration because I know you guys work so hard. <laughs> but that being said, uh, I'm kind of wondering if we should one. I'm kind of wondering if we should some put some Patreon money towards like a fat fat man mod bounty or some shit like that. <laughs> and two, I was wondering if either you two had at, at some point hooked up to to see if you could resolve the fat man bounty bridge conundrum. I don't think I ever talked to you about this, did I? I, I know I talked no. to to it might have been plywood i don't remember you may need to to. like i was gonna say it's perfect because we probably need to refresh the listeners anyway yeah uh, so do you know about this Um, i know a little bit about it but i wasn't around during some of the planning or whatever you were gonna present it at a marathon or something right um yeah yeah more or less i was able to go into it a bit um okay all right the the idea being that Calling it a fat man mod is almost uh, too generous. The idea is that you can replace uh, Snake and Raiden's animations with fat man's. And that changes almost everything about how the character controls, you know, speed, momentum, everything. Mm -hmm. Um, It lets you do certain things you couldn't and prevents you from doing certain things you could. Um... And then if you swap in Fat Man's model on top of that, you've got a sort of close approximation of what it would be like to play as Fat Man. But because it wasn't really meant to be used this way, it's extremely glitchy and it's 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 kind of a hell mod. It's almost like a like a troll mode, you know, because mm-hmm. of, of how unruly it is. Um, I mean, you're, you're going to be barely able to control things. Uh, you're going to have glitches to deal with where you get hung up on objects. Um, you can beat the tanker as, as fat man this way. I've, I've been able to pull it off with, with one caveat, but the plant mission is a little different. Um, because there are certain moves you can't do as fat man. You can't crawl, for example, um, which you need in order to, um, you can't really 
even technically crouch easily. You can't, you kind of can, but, um, you can't diffuse the, uh, the Harrier C4, for example, mm-hmm. there's no way to get to it. You can, you can sort of force fat man to clip into the Harrier, but then you're just stuck and, and you still can't diffuse it. That's problem one. Problem two is that, uh, after the sniping section and the Harrier fight, you have to navigate to shell two. And there are a couple of uh, mandatory flips that you have to perform. Mandatory flips. Yeah, and there's no way around it. Uh, because you can't flip as Fat Man. So you must cartwheel. You have to cartwheel, or aerial. You know, I know Apache will give me flack if he hears me say cartwheel. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the, uh, barring those two things... Uh, in theory, you should be able to beat the entire game as Fat Man and just go skating through the whole thing. And it's pretty hilarious. Uh, you know, it's 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 basically just MGS2 panic mode. Um, the only <laughs> hang up on the. Yeah, the only real hang up is on the on the tanker is, uh, you know, that little segment right at the beginning where Otacon's like, all right, let's look at your gear. And it sort of shifts into like out of cutscene and into gameplay for a moment. Yeah, but it's like scripted. Well, yep. because Fat Man's got this different animation set, um, it automatically kicks in as soon as that scene loads, and he goes flying off the edge of the t- <laughs> of the tanker into the wow. water, and you die during the cutscene. Wow! <laughs> and uh, the only thing you can really do to avoid that is load a save right at the beginning. Well, that's still good. <laughs> but but yeah, other than that, you can beat the whole thing. That's very cool. Yeah, I mean, I, I I've seen little clips and stuff, but yeah, that's that's very cool. I would love I would love to be able to go that fast in a speed run. Like, you know how much time we would save. <laughs> it's say, it's just it's hilarious uh, to see in motion because there's it's so difficult to control, and the buttons don't really do what you would think they would do. And there's almost like nested controls where if you press one button, then other buttons are going to react a different way until you press that first button again it's really weird it's it's bizarre that it even works at all when i had see when i had like imagine you like getting help like i didn't realize it was just plywood i thought you had like the whole discord and community <laughs> putting their heads together and putting this together and I, I, it's not like i would want to put on this work for them on oh the, all I this mean, work on them for free well it was more like i was hoping to uh, sort of get more people into modding the PC version of MGS2 in the hopes that somebody smarter than me would figure out these problems. Well, you know, the question's still out there, so... Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll get back to it once I've sort of got life figured out. Yeah, and I'm not much of a, a glitch hunter or a programmer or a hacker or anything like that, so that kind of stuff, I I wouldn't be... I wouldn't really know a whole lot of what to do anyway. On that note, what what kind of came first for you? Was it speedrunning or Metal Gear? I mean, like when I got into speedrunning or just like way back when? Yeah, I mean, like were you a speedrunner who then got into Metal Gear? Or were you no, a Metal no. Gear fan who got into speedrunning? Metal Gear fan who got into speedrunning. Like, I that's I I got into it in, in the summer of 2018. I was watching a Let's Play of Metal Gear. I don't know how I came across that. Watched a few of those. Just just as filler content at work, I was bored. 
And then came across Plywood's uh, earlier Twin Snakes GDQ run. Watched that. I'm like, huh, that kind of looks cool. And kind of looked into what speedrunning was because I didn't know that was really a thing. Um, and then that was actually my first speed one was the Twin Snakes. So I, I did that for about a month or so, put up a, a couple okay times, and then started on MGS2. I, uh, um, I saw Mr. Apache Smash post crap times for mgs2 in the discord and i'm like who the hell is this guy and i'm like i'm gonna learn this game and i'm gonna beat him and i did in like a week he got all all cocky and posted like oh i just got fourth place and in very easy and then i'm like no you didn't because i did i just posted it so and that that's kind of how the me and apache rivalry slash friendship started was just based on that and he's not here to defend himself now he's your best man now he's now he's gonna be my best man at my wedding in june so oh seriously whoa (laughs) yeah 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 he'll be coming here and probably in may stay here for like a month and be my best man that's it's so awesome. crazy. He's not here for your episode. That's I'm like, what the fuck? I, this is wild. That bro. that uh, classic, yeah, you know. <laughs> so, uh, so going back to sort of what came first, what came first, speed running or that no button? The no button? Or I fucked this up. Your button. Wow. My nut button. Yeah, it's a nut button. <laughs> it's a nut button. I thought it was no the whole time. No, it's a nut <laughs> no. button. Oh, no, indeed. Oh, not indeed. More like it. Wow. How do you even get away with that on Twitch? Well, I guess I don't even know why I asked that question. You're just talking about uh, legumes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're just talking the fu- about. The funny thing about that is when I put in, I have an emote for it as well, and I put in the code nut. They rejected it, obviously. <laughs> so I renamed it to nutty just just to get away with it. But then I just tried it one day. I renamed it back to Nut, and it's worked ever since. Ah, the consistency (laughs) of Twitch moderation. Right? Right. You can always count on them to not follow their own rules. (laughs) Okay, but yeah, where did the Nut button come from? A good friend of mine, Metal Glenn Solid. He's uh, primarily an MGS1 speedrunner, and he's also going to be in my wedding as well. Um, He got it, and he... uh, showed it on his streams or whatever and sometimes when i stream i'm in a discord call with a bunch of other people just having a laugh whatever and he played it right as i was nutting a guard in mgs2 like at the exact moment not planned and it created a very funny clip on twitch and i'm like well that's that's cool i'm gonna get one of these and see what happens and it just turned into a brand look man i gotta tell you uh we may have to collaborate a bit uh, oh my god! With <laughs> the, with MGS2 PC because I'm pretty sure I can mod sounds in. Oh boy! Oh just, boy! Just saying. Yeah. Well, <laughs> dude, there there are actually some sounds you need to fix in that game. So yeah, much appreciated. Uh, yeah, I I discovered that in MGS1 PC. If in the in the final, well, I somebody taught me this, but I, I found out in the final fight. If if liquid gets a hit on snake, snake sounds like what a guard sounds like when you hit a guard. I have a clip on it on my Twitch. Oh no. MGS1 PC is a totally different animal. MGS2 PC is actually a pretty good part. MGS1 PC is a broken piece of shit. Uh, we we have fixed it to the point where it's pretty good, 
at this point, at least from a speedrunning perspective. But yeah, there is all kinds of stuff broken with that game. So when you say mod the audio, I read that as fix the audio and also add the nut button sound. Well, I don't know about MGS1, but definitely MGS2. I mean, God, for God's sakes, I figured out how to mod the the freaking uh, Radar Girl video in Arsenal gear and swap that mm. out for anything. Yeah, I would take <laughs> a nut button mod for two. We don't really nut guards. I, that's not the way to say it, but whatever. We don't really do that in MGS1. <laughs> so pretty sure i can do that all right we're gonna have to talk later <laughs> this is a blossoming of a beautiful partnership <laughs> i like it we just need custom levels i love that you put paul right in the metal gears out too that just yeah that just makes me happy <laughs> yeah i put the celery man video uh in as my test <laughs> it fits a little too well <laughs> you hit us up like yo <laughs> Guess what I just did. It's just an MPEG that's been <laughs> renamed, and if you know the exact codec and you don't compress it, it you can just throw it in there and it loads. <laughs> I'm, I, I mean, hell, I've got a theory that if I put audio with it, that might actually work too. I just haven't tried it. Uh, it's nice. it's crazy. And that's every video in the game. So, like, you could change every single, like, FMV that plays in the entire game, whether it's, like, during a cutscene or like if it's a, a little segment that shows up during a Kodak conversation, as long as it matches the, the, the time, you know, it's like it's the same length, then you're good. Is this how we get around Konami not uh, having that whole stock footage situation figured out? Honestly, yeah, it would be a simple <laughs> fix for the PC version. Just replace it, replace all of that shit with a clip of D limes pressing the nut button a bunch like <laughs> like the i'm i am a big lurker and apache always gets on me for being a lurker but i'm a big lurker and like the past six months of my life i, I have to look at it again because it's yeah I, did, I thought it was no button but it's nut button nope it, it's nut button nut emotes like yeah it, it it's all nut all the time <laughs> nut all the time God, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to do like a, a, a crayon hand drawing version of the stock footage and put that in instead. <laughs> I mean, if it works, it works. Um, but I mean, like, OK, so out, you, you said that you're sort of like out out of the know with a lot of things, video games. Is there but is there anything like outside of Metal Gear that you, you focus on in terms of gaming, even if it's not anything new? Uh, not really, but I mean, one thing I guess, I do like racing games. Um, I haven't played a lot of them as of late, but I actually did pre-order something for the first time in years, Gran Turismo 7. Yeah. So I'll be playing that in March, um, the first new game I've... I'm going to buy a wheel for that. I already, I've had that for years. I got a whole racing seat and everything. Nice. Oh, so, yeah. Um, but other than that, I mean, that's it's it's Metal Gear, and it's been racing games for almost my entire life. I like how the speed rate running guy also likes racing games. Yeah, it kind of fits, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's on brand. Um, how does one speed run a racing game? Isn't that just racing? Uh, kind of, sort of. I've never tried to speed run racing games. So, <laughs> um, I mean, you, you could, I'm sure you could do like individual tracks or something or like a best lap, but I, I haven't had any real interest in speed running those. 
Have you like set any like ghost like uh, speed run like world records for specific tracks in Gran Turismo or? No, I I I haven't done anything like that. No, uh, okay. I mean the the only thing I've speed ran as far as racing, I did a couple levels in an old NASCAR game just because, and I posted a few of those on speedrun.com. But other than that, like I I just want to play racing games. I don't really want to speed run them. Gotcha. So what is it about Metal Gear that sort of drew you in? I played it. I got into it when I was like six years old. My dad was playing it, and he got stuck somewhere. It might have been the hind or something. So I kind of took over and beat that game, and um, I just I just found interest in it. I just liked the game since I was six or seven years old. Um, my dad got me the VR missions uh, game as well, and I played the hell out of that. And then I evolved to mgs2 and i got into mgs3 a little bit i didn't like it as much and then i played a little bit of four and that's pretty much where i stopped like i haven't played any of the newer <laughs> games or the spinoffs or anything um i've pretty much just focused on one and two and i i, I played them probably into my teenage years quite a bit and then kind of stopped played them once a year or so and then when speed running came a thing then obviously I played them all the time. So it's it's a it's a great way to play the old games over and over again. It just renewed my love for the Metal Gear games that I've had since I was a kid. Yeah. Those those VR missions in particular, like you said, I I, I can't tell you how many hours I poured into those. Probably not as much as you by any means, but mm-hmm. uh when Substance came out, um God, I I I mean I would just play those endlessly. There's just you, it, they almost never get boring because you're always trying to push yourself to do better than your last run and to optimize it each time. And I mean, I'm no speedrunner, but just as a layman, it, it it's a blast to try and figure out, you know, did did the developers leave any little hidden paths uh, that I can take to 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 get through this and get a first place run uh, easily? You know, I, I, I always find these little hidden. It almost seems intentional when you find those paths through right yeah i mean it it took me so long to try to first place all those missions in in one and two it took me longer in two and i think i came up two levels short until i started speed running then it was easy um but yeah i mean i didn't even know about substance on release i was just at blockbuster one day and saw it on the shelf i'm like what is this so (laughs) we rented it i'm like holy crap this is cool so um, I, I mean, I, I, I didn't get MGS2 on release. I didn't get substance on release. I just kind of found out about them at a store or heard about it or whatever. So I wish they would, uh, they would have built in something like a, like a missions editor at some oh point. Oh my God. That, that, yeah. That would be the greatest for sure. I mean, we, we, there's so many passionate VR runners in our community that that's all we do. If, if we had a VR maker, that's literally all we would do. That's that's one of those reasons, again, why I was hoping more people would get into modding the games, because hopefully, again, somebody smarter out there is going to figure out how to how to create a map editor for this stuff. And that would just I be know, the dream. I know somebody's been doing it with the PC port of one a little bit. Um, there's a mod kit out there where you can like reposition guards or add guards or add certain elements or what have you. I haven't touched it, yeah. but I've I've seen people mess with it and it's simple ish to use so um maybe someday who knows i was about to say would you ever i mean i was gonna say would you ever run a an mgs randomizer 
but oh, I, I, I would love to. Oh my very... god, please. <laughs> I mean, we we kind of sort of have one for the two port already. It, it's kind of jank. It's more or less just a difficulty randomizer. Yes. Um, it just you, you go into a different room. It acts like a different difficulty. So it may act like very easy in one room, and then it's European extreme the next room. So you, it, it just we have that, but like a full real randomizer randomizing all the elements yeah i would love to run that it would be difficult to do though because the game is so linearly pathed that's mm. what i was thinking about like how do you i was just thinking in my head like you know imagine walking into the basement armory and then vulcan raven is just running around with his with his with his chain gun but yeah at the same time it's like it's a very very particular set piece and design for that boss Right. So it's not, it's not to... like it's not like you can pl- plug in like Tyrant like in the RE randomizers. So right. This is just something to think about. Yeah, you'd have to divorce it from the plot almost completely and just strip it down to the to the progression. I mean, you could potentially do something where the the C4 that you have to diffuse that could be randomized to a degree, you know. It it's, you know, you've you've got the extra locations uh, depending on difficulty, but maybe then you could also build in new locations. Um, but beyond that, I'm just not sure what you could do because you're you're just sort of following a line after that. Yeah, I mean that that's all I would think of is items, items, weapons, ammo, the bombs, stuff like that. Yeah, there's there's yeah. not a whole lot you can really do. But a randomized VR mission. Like that, a lot. Yeah, yeah, that's a little more realistic. Yeah. Somebody out there, please, if you've got the skill. If you've got the skill, out. we've got the documentation. Right. Uh, which I do need to get back that back into that, by the way. I do apologize for slacking. Nah, I'm the one. I'm slacking too. I haven't done anything with the with the mods in the past like two months. Yeah, but you have like kids and stuff. I just <laughs> exist. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I mean, like, what, I guess to this point, like, what do you see sort of, where where do you see yourself not really, not, not just in terms of your Twitch channel, but in terms of like being an MGS, MGSR, I always say MGSR and I'm thinking Metal Gear Revengeance, but (laughs) yeah, like what, what's the future of D-Limes in this community? Well, I mean, probably still status quo. I, I still enjoy speedrunning what I do, the limited that I do, the MTS1 and 2 stuff mainly. I may branch out and do some more Twin Snakes or do 3 or even another game. I don't know. Um, it seems like I'm always having to defend records. People do keep me busy because if I see a record beaten, I get on it like that and take it right back. So, just, are you like, just, are you like that white whale of MGSR? Are you like, or somebody jump in and they're like, I gotta get that fucking guy? In a good way. Like I, 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 I beg for people to take my records because, in all honesty, not a lot of them are like super good times like a lot of them were just one-off attempts easy to beat whatever not a lot of effort was put into them so i love for people to go and beat my times and then i it gives me a chance to go back and redo them and have the motivation so um i would love for people to take all my times and then i can just have an excuse to go do it again well the gauntlet's <laughs> thrown i guess it's it's sort of weird like i i think about this all the time i think and i think you spoke about it earlier is like uh 
it's it's easier nowadays with Twitch and things like that. But I think about, you know, there might be someone out there who has just demolished all of these times and they just don't have the time and or resources or they just might not care that, you know, that they, that to, to post that time or record it. So, you know, I guess the more we get it out there, maybe there's a chance that we'll find another talented MGS player. I don't know. I'm I'm rambling. Yeah, I mean, that's an entirely possible, or maybe somebody's withholding a skip or something. Who knows? I mean, some people are like that. Some people don't really want to make their stuff public. They just do their own thing in private, and they just happen to be good. Um, you just, you never know. And if somebody came along and just posted a bunch of random crap from 2007, one, I'd be suspicious, and then two, I'd be like, oh, okay, fine, whatever, your choice. <laughs> um, I don't really like people holding on to stuff like that, but... You know, you do you, I guess. I did want to ask you, um, just since you mentioned it, what is it about uh, MGS 1 and 2 that you find sort of more interesting or uh, than MGS 3? I think they're a little more cut and dry, uh, linear, straightforward games. I th and I think they're just easier to play. That could just be from the amount of experience that I have. Like, for MGS3, I just, I don't like the way the movement works, some of the menus work, um, and I, the game itself is just okay to me. It's it's a, it's a decent game to play, but it's def definitely not my favorite. Um, just little subtle things, just as a speedrunner you pick up on that I just don't care for in 3, which is why I don't really run it. Yeah, Apache's not even here to, like, defend himself. That's what really sucks about all of this. <laughs> right. you know? We're just sitting here shitting all over his game. I've given him so much shit for that too in the past. So oh, it's gonna be great! I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I kind of, I agree with you though. Like MGS three is where things kind of got like a little like oh wait, let me spend all this time in the menu to to take care of these things. Whereas you know MGS one and two, you're unless you're in the codex screen, it's like you're you're taking care of stuff, you know, on the battlefield kind of. Yeah, I mean, you pick up something and see your menu instantly. You don't have to get it out yeah. of, like, a backpack or something. And, I mean, the controls aren't as refined or as modern, like, in 1 and 2, like, in 3. I mean, they have good... Like, I love MGS 1 and 2's control scheme, but it is a little different in 3, and then as you start getting newer and newer, it just drastically changes, and I don't care for change. So that's part of the gotcha. reason why I haven't really touched those games. It's strange. Three's almost more weighted, like it's it's heavier, you know. Yeah. The, the, it yeah. feels more yeah. sluggish. Yes, Whereas in that's... two, you're just sliding all over the place. Yeah, it was like when Grand Theft Auto went to like GTA Four, and you're like, oh shit, there's yeah, there's weight involved. Yeah. Yeah. I was just thinking that same yeah. thing. And with the, all of the subsystems and the fact that the environments are are so much bigger, and it's harder to sort of keep situational awareness. I mean, MGS Three, as good as it is, does feel like the series having growing pains. You know, like that's the point where that system sort of reached its theoretical limit and and, you know, giving it the, the third person camera definitely helped. But, you know, we again, we've talked about this before, but it sort of unbalanced the game at that point and took it from from, you know, properly balanced in terms of difficulty to almost too easy. Yeah, I completely agree with that. So it just, it just. And MGS4 came along and just. I don't want to talk about MGS4. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I would say, like, even like uh, Snake Eater 3D uh, 
made it even worse by by throwing in like peace walker style aiming and crouch walking so you, you you took something that was already on the verge of being broken and completely broke it uh it's it's just i don't know it's i i still think that there are things you could do with that mgs one two three style of gameplay uh without having to go full modern third person shooter with it like they did um but you know that's sort of seen as antiquated now so nobody's really looking at it i don't know did you play the phantom pain or ground zeros at all d limes or did you just not even fuck with it I I own TPP and Ground Zeroes, but I've played the Ground Zeroes mission. That's it, and I've never touched TPP. Okay, because that's like I don't know. Yeah, it it feels like a departure, but for me, that game like it played how I wanted a stealth game to play. Like if 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 that makes sense. Like definitely playing MGS One and MGS Two. They they all fit during their time, but like now, like with an updated system this game kind of gave me the flexibility and like ultimate control over over my you know over my character yeah and i watch plenty of speedruns of all those other games like i i've seen speedruns of tpp ground zeros for peace walker whatever like they're they're good to watch i don't mind watching that kind of stuff it's just when i get my hands on it i'm just like it's just not my thing like i always say this and i get and i, I say i'm not a gamer like even though i have 20, 100, 2000 records or whatever. I'm not much of a gamer, really. I, I do my thing and that's it. Like, I, but yeah, just the, the modern stuff nowadays, it just, it's never piqued my interest. Gotcha. Well, those old games, they just get out of your way. And they yeah, let you go. kind of. Mm-hmm. And, and dry. Yeah, and that's, and that's where I think MGS3 suffered, at least for me, was that it wouldn't get out of your way. Yeah, there's so much time spent in those fucking mini screens for me i was just like Ugh. all right what do i gotta heal now i love that there's a term for it i mean it's it's sort of an all mg or all speed running but i like hearing it in um in in mgs and re in particular um menuing like gotta get my menuing right you know mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it's vital in a speed run it, it, it'll kill you i i've now, I mean, if we're going to continue the the talking shit about Apache while he's asleep, uh, <laughs> it's funny. It's funny watching him try to menu an RE2. Oh my God, like you got it. Like you're right. You got to have like items in very specific spots in that game, otherwise you lose precious seconds. It's you know it's strange when you look at MGS one, two, and even three. It's it's a term I think we've used on the show before, but it's very much arcade stealth. Yes. Um. And then three was sort of the beginning of the departure for that. Not not yeah, completely. A little bit of sim, but not full sim. Yeah. And yeah. Four was like, well, what if you could just blend in with anything? Right. Yeah. And, you know, there is. Uh, a, I can't find the right words, but MGSV does have sort of an underlying arcade ethos to it though it is very different but but those first 3 MGS titles um feel very distinct from everything else in the series yeah i miss that yeah no, yeah MGSV did did kind of strip away some of the like the menu play and all the you know systems it was a lot more like organic arcade stealth for me that's that's kind of why i liked it it was just like really fluid 
you know, like that that quick dive and all of that. Like I, I really appreciated that snappiness to the stealth gameplay of like, you know, you see a guard coming around and you could just dive out of the way really quick. Yeah, it's it's just uh the menus they they put them in other places. So you're yeah. still sort of mired <laughs> in, in those subsystems, just just not while you're playing. You know, this is this yeah, is where the, ground zero the, the pre missions. Yeah. yeah, and all, all that stuff, just like figuring out your your base and right yeah. the meta game. I'm telling you, it, like if if Kojima hadn't left and they would have gotten around to like an MGS six, you would have been directly commanding troops on the battlefield. Like I feel like that was that had to be the next logical step. Well, I, I've been to ask, you know, with all this new viewership, do you you you're thinking about going like for a Twitch partnership? Well, I, I've said this before, like I stream. I stream for fun and everything else is a bonus. Like I'm never going to say, Oh, I'm pushing for partner or really make that a goal of mine. Cause like, I just, a, I don't want to put myself under that kind of pressure and B, I just, I just want to have fun with it. So if the opportunity would present itself, then yeah, I'll kind of think about it, but I probably won't like say anything publicly. I just kind of want to do my own thing. If it happens, great, fine. If it doesn't, then it doesn't bother me in the slightest. It's kind of great that you are so chill about this, and yet in four years you basically dominated MGS one and two speed running. <laughs> I'm decent at it. <laughs> I'm Hashtag decent at. Jeez, decent. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean that that that's just how I approach it. Like even in even in speed runs themselves, like if I throw away, like I I threw away a record last year because we have a trainer for MGS two, and one of the hotkeys, uh, you take a death instantly if you press the button. So I had the trainer on. I was almost at the Ray fight. I was on the stage listening to the solid. This is crap or whatever. I was checking my next split to see how much time I could save because I was borderline on world record pace. And this is the most competitive category in all of Metal Gear speedrunning. MGS2, very easy. PC. I was like a second behind. So I pressed 2 to advance my split. I died instantly, oh, and my run no. was gone. Oh. So what did I do? I laughed it off, and I'm like, you know what? I can't end it this way. I'm going to do one more run. I got world record the very next attempt. Nice. <laughs> Hell yeah, brother. So I, you have to have that kind of just mentality when you're doing this sort of things. If you just get frustrated, yell at the screen, throw your controller, whatever, it's not going to get you anywhere. Like... Nine times out of ten, it's it's all execution based. If if something happened, it's your damn fault, not the games. So why am I going to get mad? Do better, learn from it, be a student of the game. Is what I always say. See, I was going to ask you if you had any advice for new speedrunners, but you sort of already. Answered. Yeah, that was it right there. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, don't speedrun just to speedrun. Play like you got to play a game you like. If you're just if you're trying to play the the next hot game, just to get popular or whatever, or get yourself out there, and you don't like the game, you're an idiot. Like don't don't do that. Play a game you like first and foremost, and then learn about the game. Learn about the speed runs. Learn and see if there's a community. Ask questions. Don't be afraid to ask questions, and just just get involved. Indulge yourself into the game as much as you can. Like. I'm a completionist when it comes to MGS1 and 2 stuff. I've done every difficulty, every category, every whatever. You name it, I've pretty much done it to this point. And 
that kind of knowledge has helped me in marathons, in races, in speed runs, whatever, like gives me backup situations, backup strategies. You can never have too much knowledge when it comes to this stuff. So just you, you got to have a passion for it. You got to like the game and you got to be willing to learn. I got to tell you, uh, MGSR has been uh, really encouraging to watch, uh, even from a distance with Metal Gear being kind of, uh, let's say, dormant at the moment <laughs> as a series. Uh, you guys have never let your foot off the gas uh, and are more or less just kind of carrying this fandom on your backs at the moment, I would say. Yeah. Uh, um, I mean, MGSR, Metal Gear Speedrunners, is, is a very passionate community. I mean, we have very, very intelligent runners and people in that community. It's unlike any community I've been a part of. I mean, they're the nicest people you'll ever meet. They're so many people willing to help on on a whim. They care about this stuff. We care so much about speedrunning that if somebody joins our Discord, we have a bot that counts who welcomes them first, and then we have a tally for welcome points. Like, we take <laughs> this stuff very seriously. <laughs> so oh, That's awesome. Yeah, D-Limes13 is a person with one and three in their name. I appreciate you. If you want to uh, list off any of your stuff, you know, like your plugs and where people can find you online. Yeah, so I, uh, I stream three days a week, uh, twitch.tv slash D-Limes13, um, MGS1 and 2, high-level quote-unquote speedruns, a lot of memeing and stuff too, but it, it's a fun time. Um, primarily on there. I'm on Twitter and stuff too, but I really don't use it. Um, YouTube, I just upload all my VODs. It's just a VOD dump, really. So Twitch is where I'm at, or you can join my Discord. Um, my Discord's called Lime City. I don't really have an easy way to get that unless you go to my Twitch and click on Discord, but I'm either hanging out my Discord or on Twitch most of the time. So, um, And if anybody wants to learn any of these games, Metal Gear games, or just hang out with the community, me and and so many others. Just go to MetalGearSpeedRunners.com, click the Discord, check out our wiki. We have so many resources to learn these games. It is a passionate, passionate community, and um, I couldn't be prouder to be in a community like that and be an admin for them, so. Oh, yeah. Yeah, thanks again for coming on the show, man. We really appreciate it. Yeah, no worries. Yeah, Thank this you. was awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me.